0: Yeah, it really is. It's so good to, to be back, even in a small form. Um, this is, at least in some ways, if not in many or most ways, a really hard time to be a college student. It just is. And we want you to know that if you need anything that we can possibly provide, someone to pray with you, for you, if you need to get coffee, and by us I mean the RUS staff, But also me and the people in this room, we want to do that. Um, We truly do care about each one of you. And there's a lot to continue to grieve and lament almost a year into this pandemic. There's a lot also to be grateful for. Moments like this, more than anything, God's grace, which is the free gift of his love and his kindness toward us in Jesus. And that's why we're here. That's why we're here every week, is to remember or to learn to receive God's grace and to extend it to other people. I'm really excited because the first half of this semester, we're taking a look at Proverbs. And Proverbs is this old book. It's in the Bible. It's a collection of sayings that's summed up most by the word wisdom. Wisdom is, is really similar to knowledge, but it's also a special kind of knowledge. It's knowledge applied. Wisdom is not just smarts, it's street smarts. It is skill in the art of godly living, knowing how to live well in the world that God has made. And this week we're going to be looking at what the Bible calls the beginning of wisdom, the starting point or what's most essential to wisdom. And so with that in mind, we're going to be looking at Proverbs 1, 1 through 7, and then I've got two other verses sprinkled in there just for some good context. We'll be focusing on the first part. So you read there Proverbs 1, 1 through 7. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, King of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing and righteousness, justice and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance, to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. In Proverbs 29:25, "The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe." Proverbs 19:23: "The fear of the Lord leads to life, and whoever has it rests satisfied. He will not be visited by harm. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Uh, Thank you for the truth. And we pray that it would set us free to live wisely so that we would know you and enjoy you. And we ask this in your name. Amen. So I'm a 90s kid. And the 90s, I would argue, was kind of the golden era for daytime reality talk show TV, which I mean, I know there's some wide disagreement in this room right now, but save your anger for later. So during one of my 90s summers, I spent a lot of my days and too many hours watching a show called Maury, which is a daytime reality kind of dramatic talk show hosted by a guy named Maury Povich. And the content mostly involved Some guy finding out that he was the real father of a child, then him and another possible father getting in a fight on stage. Three out of four episodes, that was what was going on. But one standout episode, I remember, involved Maury bringing on to the show and onto the stage three people with strange and irrational phobias. One man was afraid of birds, another of frogs, and one woman was afraid of cotton balls. Maury looked at healing for fear in a sort of head-on, face-your-fear sort of way. So when he was talking with the woman who feared and had a phobia of cotton balls, he slyly pulled a cotton ball out of his pocket, leading her to break into hysterical sobbing. And then rather than someone consoling her, they had a guy with a full head-to-toe suit of cotton balls (laughs) run out and chase this woman around the studio, I don't know what the net effect of watching that kind of thing was on me growing up, but, I mean, maybe you can tell it's probably not good. (laughs) But Proverbs' perspective on fear is that it often leads to or is foolishness. And while we, we should empathize with people that have the kinds of phobias I'm describing, I think we can recognize that fearing cotton is foolishness. But from the perspective of Proverbs... Fear of things in the world, fear of other people's opinions, fear of failure, fear of the future, often leads to or is foolishness. When I'm dominated by fear of what my social media followers think, all five of them, that is foolishness. Fear often is foolish. But the antidote to fear that leads to foolishness is not no fear, but it's a different kind of fear. It's what Proverbs calls the fear of the Lord. It says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's the starting point. It's essential to wisdom. But I'll be be honest. I recognize that when you hear the phrase fear of the Lord, that that might sound about as reasonable as the cotton ball in Maury's hand. Why would you fear this God if he doesn't exist, for example? Maybe you "You don't believe in this God, so why would you fear him? Or maybe you hear that phrase, fearing God, and it sounds manipulative, kind of like Maury sending out that guy to chase that poor woman around the studio. Do what God says or else. Be terrified of him. Is this what Proverbs is asking us to do? Is it telling you to be terrified of God? Like if you don't do what he says, he's going to jump out and be angry at you and manipulate you. Absolutely not. So let's crack this open because I want us to see that the fear of the Lord is the key to wisdom. And the fear of the Lord, fearing God, it's not about manipulation. It is the key to freedom and joy because it's the key to knowing The God who is perfectly wise. And this is to sum up what I'm talking about, it's this is that wisdom is fearing God. Wisdom is fearing God. And I want to explain what that means by looking at how the fear of the Lord relates to these three things: knowledge, justice, and discernment. Knowledge, justice, and discernment. How does it relate to the fear of the Lord? These things by looking at Proverbs 1, 1 through 7. So first let's look at knowledge. And we can start. In verse 2, which you can see up there, and we're told the purpose of the book, Proverbs. It's to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight. Knowledge is a part of wisdom, to know reality, to know what's true, to know how the world works. This is very important. But Connecting this to verse 7, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. If you want to truly know, if you want to truly know anything, it begins with fearing God. Why is that true? I'm raising an almost three-year-old, and so I'm in the world of listening to a lot of nursery rhymes and singing them. And one that we've been singing a lot recently is The Muffin Man. And after singing it and listening to it about a hundred or a billion times I started, to, I started to wonder if there were more lyrics to the song than I'm familiar with, because it basically just goes, do you know the Muffin Man, the Muffin Man, the Muffin Man, do you know the Muffin Man, the Muffin Man, who lives on Drury Lane, then it goes, yes, I know the Muffin Man, the Muffin Man, the Muffin Man, who lives on Drury Lane. And as I sang that over again, I was convinced and did some research, I was thinking, there has to be more to it than this. There has to be some hidden verse from a long time ago that talked about you know what kind of muffins he was selling. Or, I mean, was he selling muffins? How, why is he the muffin man? Does he like muffins? Is he a muffin? We're not told. The, the only kind of knowledge this song seems to be interested in is do you know him? Yes, I know him. Over and over again. This is the kind of knowledge that wisdom is interested in. It's more interested... Not in, do you know a lot of stuff about the world, but do you know the God who made the world? That's the kind of knowledge it's interested in. But I need to be really clear. It's not to say that you can't know anything if you don't know God. You can know a lot about literature and philosophy and math and pop culture. You can know a lot. But what this is saying is that the heart of knowing is not knowing stuff. Knowledge is really about a heart That knows God. That's true knowledge. True knowledge begins with knowing and fearing the Lord. It begins with knowing and fearing the Lord. And right here, it's so so important that we define our terms. When he uses the word fear here, it's not talking about dread, the thing that you feel before you go into a test that you haven't prepared for, or right before you get a shot at the doctor's office. This is also not some impersonal. Fear that you you feel when you stand before a gigantic wave. Now, this is a relational fear. Do you know him? Yes, I know him. It's that kind of fear. But it's important that we also define the Lord. When you see that there in all caps, this is... A, a term that describes God as our father, because it's the translation of the personal name God gave to his people in the Bible when he said, I will be your God, you will be my people. This is God's family name, his fatherly name. So when it says fear the Lord, it's saying fear God as your father. You need to recognize that there are all sorts of hangups that we have around the term father Some have had experiences with fathers who have been consistent and present and kind. And many have had experiences with fathers who were far from it, where there was great harm or disappointment that was in that relationship. But even so, Proverbs is telling us about a God who is perfectly consistent and present and kind. So Proverbs is telling us to fear the Lord in the way a child fears a loving father. It's the fear not of punishment, but the fear of displeasing or dishonoring a father who when he or she has disobeyed again and again, the father has responded with love and forgiveness. This is the fear of wanting to honor and please the father because he is so good and so delightful and because he is delighted so much, so perfectly in the father and in, in the child. So true knowledge then It begins with referencing the God who has created everything. True knowledge always begins with reference to God. You can know, again, a lot of things. You can know pi and math to 150 decimal places, but wisdom is more interested in seeing the orderedness of math as a reflection of the beauty of God the reflection of his orderness or his consistency. True knowledge begins with the fear of the Lord because the whole world is an arena for displaying his beauty, for you to know more clearly and vividly his beauty. And I when we think about knowledge without reference to God, so often what's motivating us is a fear of appearing ignorant. That's what so often motivates me in wanting to know stuff. Because I'm so afraid of people finding out, or of you finding out how much I don't know. But true knowledge begins with the fear of the Lord, which means that you can admit how much you don't know. And knowing is not about impressing other people or being puffed up. It's about knowing more clearly and vividly the God who knows you and knows everything. So that's the first thing. Wisdom is fear of God because true knowledge begins with fearing God, but let's look at the second thing: justice. Let's take a look at verse three, where the author says that this book's purpose is also to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity. Righteousness, justice, and equity are are similar or related terms, but I, I want to focus on justice because I think it gets at the big idea, idea here. That the person who is wise is the person who knows what is just and knows how to pursue justice. Because justice is rightness. Justice is present when things are as they are meant to be. Justice is present where there is no manipulation or abuse, coercion, or theft. The person who is wise is the person who knows what is right and knows how how to go after it. Combining this again with verse seven, knowing and pursuing justice begins with the fear of the Lord. Knowing what is right and knowing how to pursue it, it begins with this fear of the Lord that is wanting to please and honor a perfect and loving father. Why is that the case? My Pandemic distractionslash pop culture comfort food over the past year has been rewatching every single season of the show Friends. And one of my favorite Phoebe episodes, if you were wondering, is the episode where Phoebe finds a police officer's badge hidden in the cushion of her chair in the coffee shop. And she begins to feel the swell of power surging through her, and she starts bringing out the badge in public, pursuing street justice. And it ends up turning her into a bully. She just flashes it at every moment and becomes unjust in her pursuit of justice. She even pulls it out to confront the police officer himself unknowingly, telling him that he can't park his car where he's parked it until he demands his badge back. When we pursue justice, when we view justice without the fear of God, we're like Phoebe. We're taking what belongs to God, justice, and we end up using it unjustly. We even take the badge, we take what belongs to God, and we even throw it at God and tell him that he is unjust or he's not just enough, which is foolishness. Wisdom in justice, it begins with fearing God because only God is perfectly just. Only God is truly just. God is the only one who can say, I have always been just and I always will do what is right. And on top of that, God is the source and the standard of justice. Justice makes sense because God is the source and standard. At, I mean, at its core, injustice is a violation of God's standard, it's the fact that things are present in this world that are not the way that they're meant to be. God is the source of justice. And here's why this is so important. If you set out to do what's right without the fear of God, then what is motivating you is some standard besides God's standard, besides God's justice. Let's say you are deciding whether to do something that everyone around you is doing. Everyone, all of your friends, everyone on your floor, all of your co-workers. And there is some sense in you that that it's not right. Still, the question is, what do you fear more? The judgment of those people around you or displeasing your father who loves you? The only judge that you should truly care about. When it's the fear of other people that is governing us, often we will be led toward what is not right. Even when it seems right to us. And let's say in a similar way you set out to pursue a cause of justice with your life. That you want to be helpful and a part of us as a society using our resources in a way that's more sustainable and healthy for our environment, for ecosystems, for our climate. Which is good because God cares about this planet. But what if in your pursuit of that just cause, you begin to disdain and even hate the people around you who do not pursue it? Who who even aren't doing the same things that you are doing that you think they should be doing. You can pursue justice and be unjust by disdaining and hating people around you. Because God cares for this planet, and yet he also has a special love and care for people. If you pursue justice and hate your enemy, that is foolishness. And it is not just. And it makes you into a bully. But if the fear of the Lord is in its right place, then you can pursue justice and humility knowing that the only way you could possibly be an instrument of justice in this world is because God has forgiven you and shown you his mercy because you need it. And that's wisdom. Pursuing justice with the fear of God in its right place is wisdom. So that's the second thing. We've seen the wisdom is fearing God because true knowledge and justice begins with fearing God. But third, let's look at discernment. You can see verses four through six. The purpose of Proverbs, it's also to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. We can, I think, package all of these benefits that the author is talking about, saying this book wants to give these to you, with the word discernment which means to judge well. The person who is wise and discerning knows how to navigate life that is often filled with riddles and complexities and nuances and often not obvious answers. The person who is discerning is not the person who never doubts and has complete certainty or knows exactly what to say at the right time. It's the person who can look through the fog trying to cross a canyon and move forward because they know where the edges of the cliff are so they can know how to move forward one step at a time the person who is discerning is the person who is equipped for life as a journey where again there are a lot of questions with answers that are not obvious once again proverbs wants us to see to be a discerning person it begins with the fear of god why is that When I was a junior in high school, during the summer, I was sent on this wilderness backpack trip to the mountains in Northern California. It was basically a trip for for guys who hadn't grown up in the Boy Scouts, where we had to learn how to read maps and how to exercise and how to go number two in the woods. Really important stuff like that. And what they did is they taught us how to, to use these basic skills like reading maps to to find our way with the guides' help, people who were older than us. The last day we were there, we woke up, and apparently in the middle of the night, our guides had abandoned us, 17-year-olds, and left us there with only a couple of clues, like coordinates and our, the skills that we had, had supposedly been learning throughout the week, and we had to find them by the end of the day. And looking back, this is incredibly irresponsible because. It should have inevitably led to a Lord of the Flies kind of situation where, let's be honest, I'm the first to go. (laughs) We were all thinking it. (laughs) We didn't have a GPS. We didn't have our smartphones. The only thing we had were these basic tools to help us navigate a really complex journey. That's the kind of thing that the fear of the Lord equips us with. It equips us for the journey. The fear of the Lord, it doesn't give us a GPS where it tells you exactly what to do in every situation. And instead, it gives you this basic, wonderful tool to know what is most important. To know who you are and where you are. To know that this is your father's world and you are his son or daughter. The fear of the Lord, it doesn't tell you how to date who to date, doesn't tell you which career to pick or major to pick, doesn't tell you how to spend your time or how much of it to give to one thing or another, but it does equip you for the journey. Let's take, for example, deciding whether or not to date someone. Not a joke. It's a date. (laughs) If you approach dating with the fear of failure looming over you, then that decision and dating itself will become Really an area of worry and often internal misery. Because you'll experience this uncertainty about maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. I feel like I should one day and I feel like I shouldn't another day. It will fill you with anxiety and strip away the joy of getting to know someone. The fear of the Lord doesn't tell you date that person or don't date that person. More often than not, the fear of the Lord simply tells you what's most important and what's most true, that God is your only Savior, and you are no one's Savior. You can't predict the future because only God knows the future. And you can't cosmically or in such a massive way mess up his plan for you that going on this date is going to ruin everything, or not going on this date is going to ruin everything. That's the kind of thing that the fear of the Lord equips you with. Tells you who you are. You are a son or a daughter of the God who made everything. And you're in his world and you're loved. And that's much more important than knowing exactly what to do. With the fear of the Lord in place, you can make a decision with freedom because you know the final big destination, which is God himself. The final destination is not dating the right person or dating at all. It's about knowing God and knowing his love. And so you can date with freedom. You can experience joy in knowing someone else who is not, first and foremost, a prospect for dating, by the way, but someone made in God's image, who's worthy of getting to know. True knowledge, true justice, and true discernment, they begin with fearing God. And these things, this wisdom, it begins with the fear of the Lord that is the key to this freedom and joy that we've been talking about. How we know that the fear of the Lord is good for us in the end... Because the God we fear took on what is most fearful, death itself, through Jesus. Jesus is wisdom personified, wisdom with a body on. So we know that wisdom, it begins with the fear of the Lord, which begins with looking toward Jesus, who stripped away from us the fear of punishment and replaced it instead with this joyful announcement That you, again, are God's son or a daughter, and this is your father's world. This world is not some wilderness that with filled only with with fearful destruction. Instead, it is a wonderful vista ripe with hope and adventure. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you uh, want us to be wise so that we may know you and reflect you because you are perfect wisdom. I do pray that you uh, would teach us true knowledge. You would make us truly just. And that you would make us discerning people um, by your grace. And we ask this in your name. Amen.